This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 21st, 2022. Warped. God wants me to be happy. Can you just imagine Barry in his office? You might walk by and you might hear him just burst out laughing as he puts all that together for us. Plus, did you look around during that song? I see people. Don't worry. They weren't melting. Just be happy. Couldn't help it, could you? It's a happy song, right? Well, good morning. Yeah, so this week we continue our series Warped, where we look at expressions of a biblical nature, but there's something about them that's a little off, not quite right, just a little bit warped. Today we're going to consider God wants me to be happy. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm, I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We also want to welcome those of you online. Hey, everybody, good to see. Could everybody here like wave? Yeah, they're all waving to you and saying hello. Thank you, Virginia, our online engagement host. We're so glad that you could all join us. We are one church, many locations. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for the opportunity to be one church, many locations on Sunday mornings and Monday nights at 7, and then all times in between. Settle us in that we might take a look at what this means. God wants me to be happy, and how that might be just a little bit warped. We give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a little poll here. Who wants to be happy? Who doesn't want to be happy? First service, I think I saw one hand. I told him to talk to him afterwards, you know. Yeah, we all want to be happy, right? We want other people to be happy. And for our purposes this morning, we're not going to draw a fine line between joy and happiness, between uh, righteousness and delight, or rejoicing and delight. You know, joy is defined as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Happiness is a state of well-being and contentment. To rejoice is to feel great joy or delight. They're all kind of intermingled there, aren't they? Uh, all of these things have to do with that which brings pleasure, contentment, well-being, a sense of satisfaction. And so with that being said, God does want us to be happy. God wants us to have joy in our lives. God wants us to have delight, delight in each day. He wants all that for you and for me with certain parameters, with certain boundaries, with certain limitations. And that's where the challenge comes in. What does that look like? What are those limitations? What are those boundaries that the Lord wants us to have around us so that we can indeed be happy? So in the 15th chapter of Luke, Jesus tells the story of a young man who was, well, he was searching for happiness in all the wrong places. It's called the story of the prodigal son. And prodigal here means wastefully extravagant. Many of you know the story. Uh, a man had two sons. The younger of the two um, asked his father for his share of the estate. Very bold. Because in effect, he said, was saying, Dad, I, I kind of wish you were dead because I'd like to have your money now. And here's the thing. The, the father gave him the money. 
and he divided his estate between the two boys, and the younger son took his share, and, and, and in the words of Scripture, set off for the far country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Now, it doesn't tell us what the wild living is, so we can only imagine. The far country, far from the norm, far from the everyday, far from the acceptable, far, far from where the person needs to be, far from God and what God expects, the far country. So after spending his money in wild living, there was a severe famine in the land, and, and, and he was in need, he was hungry. And so he hired on, as, on, a, on a pig farm on a pig farm. Now, if you're a Jewish boy, that is an, an absolute abomination. And Jesus' listeners knew that, you know. There was no accident that that's where Jesus had him working. He, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but he, he wasn't given them. He was given nothing. And so finally, the scripture says he came to his senses. Another version says he came to himself. I love that version. He came to himself. Basically, I think he looked in the mirror, so to speak, and, and he saw himself clearly. You ever do that? You look at him and, and you don't really like what you see? I've had that happen. I don't mean your looks, although that might be true too. <laughs> But, you know, when you're looking and thinking about what you've done, where you've been, what you're doing, yeah. Well, this young man, he, he knew he wasn't where he needed to be. He knew he needed to make a change, to make an adjustment. He came to himself, and he came home. Yeah. Now, his father, who had been watching and waving out, you know, he, he oversaw his, his workers in the field, and the you know, whole time... I think he had his eye on the horizon there, waiting for this young man to come home. And when he did, he welcomed him with open arms. He called his servants to, to put a robe on him, put a, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. The, the boy would have been glad for daddy to take him back just as another one of his servants, but no, that's not what happened, is it? He welcomed him as a member of the family. That's what those things mean, the robe, the, the ring, the sandals. You're my boy. You're my boy. They killed the fatted calf. They had a party. For this boy had been dead. Now he's alive. He was lost. Now he's found. Well, the other son heard all the commotion, heard all of the noise, and he wondered what was going on. So the servant told him, and... The boy, the, the brother, he was angry and he was confused because it just wasn't fair. He asked his father why his brother got the party. I mean, his brother was the one that went away and blew all the money. And here this loyal son had stayed and supported his father and had done the right things. He didn't get a party. <laughs> well, his father told him, You've been with me always. Yours, what I have, is yours. But your brother, he was lost and now he's found. And so 
we need to celebrate and be glad. Your brother was dead, he's now alive. I can relate to this older brother. Back uh, uh, a number of years ago, my mom lived with us in her last six months. I don't know if some of you remember Pat or Mumum, and um, those of you who knew her knew she was a handful. Anyway, so she lived with us, and my siblings don't live in the area, but every weekend they set aside time, and I'm the oldest of five. One of them was always there on the weekend, and it was such a blessing to us. But my mom would be like, oh, Jeffrey's coming, or Laura's coming, and I'm like, I'm here all the time, Mom. Or I can remember one time I was a little bit overwhelmed and I'm like, I think I need for Laura to come. And she goes, oh, don't call your sister. She's so busy. I'm like, are you kidding me, Mom? I mean, at that time, Turner was home. We had a, a, another son that was here from Korea. We had a growing church. I mean, it was great. Don't bother your siblings. They're busy. I'm like, whew. <laughs> Here's the thing. I knew at the time, and I really know now, I had the blessing. She was with me all the time. And even those hard moments, the great moments, far outweighed the hard moments. And um, she was with me always. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. But I am sad to say that I did have some older brother in me, and perhaps... Maybe you've had that from time to time as well. I think we can relate to this story because most of us can relate to one, one of the characters, right? Either the older or the younger brother. And, it, and it's funny, if you're the wrong, younger brother, you're kind of celebrating because you, you, you found that you're, And if you're the older brother... He did the right thing. <laughs> you, you, yeah. You think about, what about me? You know, it's funny. It's funny. So God wants us to be happy, to be joyful, to, to rejoice, to delight. But he wants us to find our joy not in the far country, <laughs> but in him. Find our happiness in him. He wants us to, to come to our senses, to come to ourselves, to come home. The young man was looking for happiness in all the wrong places, uh, the joys of the flesh. And that is absolutely contrary to what God prescribes. When he came back from the far country, when he came home, when he came back to his father, he found happiness. That's true for us too. When we come from the far country, when we come to our senses, when we come home, when we come back to the father, when we come back to God, we find happiness as well. And the older brother... Well, because of his jealousy, because he was focused on himself rather than the well-being of his younger brother, he found no happiness at all, did he? He was miserable. He was, he was so self-centered that happiness was eluding him altogether. So our challenge here is those things that we think bring happiness. What we think brings joy sometimes or oftentimes might be a little bit different than what God 
has for us. It's been like that from the beginning. Back in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, God gave us everything we need in order to experience joy, experience happiness. We were in paradise, the Garden of Eden. Disney may be the happiest place on earth, but Garden of Eden had it beat, all of our needs taken care of, everything handed to us, and every, no worries, be happy, but don't touch that tree. So in our humanness, what did we do? Boop, took the apple. Oh my goodness, we couldn't even obey. <laughs> All this there for us, but don't do that. Don't touch the stove. Don't cross the street. Don't look in the box. And what do we do? Well, that's, that's our state. That's the way we are. Just one tree, one little tree, and we chose poorly. And so things changed from the very beginning. When we were researching for this, we took a look at um, a lot of online tools, and one is gotquestions.org, and it says this about this um, instance with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve's failure to acknowledge God as the source of happiness led to sin and banishment from the Garden of Eden, from paradise from the joyful existence that we experienced while there. From that day forward, we've struggled to find paradise lost, to find happiness that Adam and Eve experienced in the presence of God. It's in God and God alone that we find our true joy, our true happiness. Mm -hmm. Psalm 112 verse one tells us this, praise the Lord. Those are three great words, aren't they? Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. That's funny, you have fear and delight in the same sentence, didn't it? I don't think fear here means to tremble out of uh, uh, what may happen to you at God's hand. I don't think that's what it means. I think it means to have a healthy respect for God, for to realize the power that God possesses, uh, to, to know that God's word is law. He has the last say. To fear the Lord means to recognize that God is in charge and we aren't. And we praise the Lord for that. We we delight in his commandments. We come under his rule, his power, his authority. It's not our way, but God's way. God knows what's best for us and, and has our best interest at heart. He, he wants happiness for us in the long term. So I may tremble in the fear of the Lord, but the trembling is because of the realization of the goodness of God and the mercy and grace of God that just puts me down, puts me out. It causes my spirit to tremble in gratitude for the joy and the peace that God gives us. And it's only in the relationship with Christ that we experience that at its truest source. In Time Magazine, there's a, an online article that uh, is entitled, The Secret to Happiness is Helping Others. 
I would agree with that. There's an old Chinese proverb, and it says this. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. St. Francis of Assisi put it a little bit differently, a little more simply, if you could say it with me, please. For it is in the giving that we receive. This article goes on to point out that scientific research offers compelling data to support that, that childhood saying, that childhood axiom, it's better to give than receive. Remember that? Better to give than get. <laughs> the research shows that Giving is a power pathway to personal growth and lasting happiness. Giving activates the same parts of the brain that are stimulated by food and by sex. Well, this makes it real easy. Just, just help somebody. You don't, have to, you don't have to worry then, right? Simple. So happiness, helping others brings happiness. I was telling Alan earlier, you know, one of these days when I'm not working anymore, I'm not, I don't know when that's going to be, so, you know, whatever. But it's, I went in the new library. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to go and say, I'll come every Tuesday for three hours and shelve books. That would be so fun. Or go to the school and read to a kid. Or, you know, it's so life-giving when we serve just to do it, not for a compensation. It's so much fun. Helping brings happiness. It's a basic message that went through the, that's all through the Bible. And we've boiled that down to four letters here at Connection Church. We've had these four letters as part of our DNA for almost 20 years. Anybody know what they are? I am. That's it. What's INAM stand for? It's not about me. That's right. It's not about me. It's about others. And here in this culture that we're finding ourselves in, and it's probably been like it all the, this all the time, but it feels like it's a very me-centered culture. And um, as Jesus followers, we're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. That doesn't mean I can't hang with you but to reflect Christ. And so that's a bit countercultural. INAM means that I'm not like the most important thing, you know, on earth, but others are. And when we treat each other like that, what a great place this is. And I think that's how the culture of connection is, how we value and encourage and love one another. I'm so proud to be a part of this church because of the I am spirit here. It's a place where we can find joy because our joy is in the Lord. Joy, another acronym, Jesus, others, you. Joy. Long-term happiness, not fleeting, not in the moment, not in the here and now, long-term. God sees the long-term. We not so much sometimes. We like immediate gratification, not delayed. God knows what brings us happiness, true happiness, true satisfaction. 
He knows what truly satisfies that hungering in our soul. You know, God wants us to be happy, so each of us is born with a God-shaped hole in our soul. And what brings us joy, what brings us happiness, true happiness, is that which fills that hole. Unfortunately, like the younger son in the, in the story, we try to fill it with all the wrong things. We think things, we think stuff will fill it. And so, you know, we get focused on houses and cars and the like. And, and, and we find some happiness in those things, yeah. But it's temporary at best. I, I remember we built a really nice house in Seaford when we were there, and a good friend said, I think that'll bring you a lot of happiness. And I know at the time I thought, hmm, I appreciated his, his sentiment, but I thought, I'm not sure a house can really bring you happiness. Not, not really. It's um, not long term, not to the soul. The, the happiness that material things bring is just isn't deep. It's not long term. We try to fill it with accomplishments, you know. And so we work for trophies, for accolades. We try to fill it with relationships. I mean, we're supposed to be relational. God wants us to be in relationship. But that's not going to fully fill that, that deep hole in our soul. Maybe temporary pleasure. But the key there is temporary. Temporary. It never lasts. And more often than not, the pleasure fades and sorrow and regret take its place. So if you're my friend on Facebook, uh, you probably see some pool pictures recently and we got a pool and boy, oh boy, I was really happy for that pool yesterday after the Peach Festival and being so hot. But ultimately, it is not the pool itself that brings me real happiness. It's hearing, you know, Nolan and Harper, my grandchildren, or or our friends, or everybody in the pool and having fun because it's, it's all about relationship and it's about considering what an incredible blessing what God provides for us can be for one another. And so, yeah, I'm having some fun, but it's not about the water. It's about being together. God does want us to be happy. God wants you to be happy. God wants me to be happy, but on God's terms, not on our terms. Oftentimes, uh, someone will say to me, well, God just wants me to be happy. I deserve to be happy. <laughs> Usually when somebody says it with that kind of intensity, there's something underneath might be a little defensive about what's going on, might be a little bit out of sync with what God might want. I deserve to be happy. God wants us to be happy, absolutely. But deep, deep down, sometimes when we say that, there's a little more to it. Mm. A lot of times there's more to it. Um, like, something that has always troubled us is when we hear someone who's married, and they're separated from their spouse because of another relationship. God brought this person into my life while they're married. And I know he wants me to be happy, and I wasn't happy. 
We don't believe for a second that God would set that up to, to, to bring pain to a relationship, to, to, uh, to mess up children and, and, and that stuff. It's, it's contrary to what God says, completely contrary. It's, are there times when marriage is a struggle? You know, we've never had that, so I don't understand, but they tell me that Not since about three hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> how many? Truth. How many? Maybe two. Two hours ago? I don't know. Maybe 15 minutes ago. Anyway, I mean, we understand that it can be a challenge. There are times when both parties aren't really doing cartwheels. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen, Yeah. But here's the thing, if we, if we look to God, God can give us what we need to work through those times and actually bring joy. He can even bring a spark back. You know, God doesn't want families to be blown up because of boredom and unhappiness. But he doesn't want us to, to do contrary to his will. Now, we're not talking about situations where there's abuse or where there's infidelity. That's not what we're talking about here. That's a whole different subject. I know God wants me to be happy, she says. And that's true. God wants you to be happy. But here's the, here, here's, here's the, real, the real, more than happy, God wants you to be holy. God wants you to be holy. And God doesn't want you to be happy if that's going to cost you being holy. If, that, if that's going to mean uh, committing the sin of adultery. If it means that you're going to be unfaithful. It means you're going to lie. If it mean, God does not want your happiness at that price. That's too high of a price. Because he wants your holiness first. God doesn't want your happiness if it means giving up your holiness. God wants you to be faithful to your promises. God wants you to be loyal. And when I say we, I'm included here. God wants us to be loyal in our relationships. So I'm going to switch gears from that example and give you... First service, the next word out of our mouth was Edna K. And we go, wow. She thought we were going to use an example of you for that, Edna. So we had to make sure that's new direction. Okay. End of that. So Edna is over here, part of our (laughs) church family and Christian, her great grandson. I can't remember your name. I know you're her girlfriend. Anyway. Hi. Hi. Anyway, they heard me. So, all right. I have permission for this story. So I'm not telling stories out of school. A long time ago, Edna called me about a situation in her life. And the situation was this. She had taken her great-grandson, Christian, in. That's great-grandson. Great-grandson, Christian in. And Chris, who you might know as Panda, was in middle school. Now, that's kind of a tough time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially if it's your great-great-grandson because you've already raised your kids, your grandkids, and now you're going into the great-grandkids, right? So that means that Edna, at this point, is has a lot of life experience. Let me put it that way. So Edna calls me one day and says, 
Carrie, I just got to talk to you. I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to send Chris back to his mother. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. I might have this a little bit wrong, but I'm trying to get it exactly right here. I'm going to send him back. Correct you, trust me. <laughs> I said, okay, Edna. Now, Edna's a really faithful person. Edna knows her Bible. Edna's been in Bible study her whole life, her whole church, you know, everything. It's Jesus. So I said something that pastors say, Edna, have you prayed about this? And Edna said, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, see what God says. So we had a follow-up conversation a few days or so later. And as it turns out, after prayer, God told Edna, that she needed to raise Christian through his middle school years, through his high school years, into his college years, and she wasn't giving them back. She couldn't. And what Edna at first thought is her happiness was going to be <laughs> like not having to raise another kid. You've raised like tons of them. I know that. And here's yet another. But actually, the joy came from your relationship as great-grandmother, great-grandson, and Chris, I remember in a video that we have of the two of you in, for a connection class thing about caring, you said your grandmother is your best friend. And that relationship has been such a blessing for us to witness what God has done because a lot of us knew Edna's testimony and we know that, you know, we know and love Chris. And so this is, thank you for letting us share your story and your testimony. But this is a real life example. Happiness, yeah, I'm going to be really happy if I don't have to put up with this for a while. Joy, no. The joy came from being obedient, first of all, to God, to listen to God. But the relationship of grandmother, great-grandson, is what brings true joy. Mm. Thank you for allowing us to share your testimony. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the moral of that story is, don't pray to God for a direction <laughs> if you don't want the direction he's going to give you, because it's probably going to be the opposite <laughs> of, of where you were planning to go, right? Amen to that. <laughs> so we live in a me-centered, anything-goes culture, don't we? Yeah. If it feels good, do it. I'm going to say what I want. I'm going to do what I want. If you don't like it, tough. It's my life. I'll live it like I want to. And if you don't like it, another thing is you're judging me. And Jesus said, do not judge. Because what's important is my happiness. If it makes me happy, I'm going to do it. And you shouldn't say anything or any, anything about my happiness because my happiness is primo. It's number one. That's what the culture would tell us. I'm not so sure the culture is right. How about you? Happy or holy? When it comes down to choosing between the two, God wants holiness. That's the the measuring stick, being holy, righteous, aligned with God, aligned with the word of God. 
And God is so concerned for us. God does want us to be happy, but he's concerned about the long run, not just short term. And so it's hard. It's hard to set ourselves aside. It's hard to deny, you know, but that's what it's about, denial for the moment. Because in the long term, it brings such joy to know that we've exchanged our momentary want, need, whatever it is, to God's long-term gift of joy. Mm. Back to that hole in our souls that we were talking about. The only thing that will fill that hole is a relationship with Jesus Christ. The only thing. Everything else is temporary at best. Personal relationship with Jesus Christ, recognizing him as Lord and Savior of your life, our sins forgiven through his death on the cross, living through eternity with God, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean wait until you take your last breath. That can start right now. Right now, just invite Jesus into your life, into a personal relationship. That's what truly brings joy and contentment, making Jesus number one, bowing down to him, giving him all you've got. That's what brings absolute happiness. All other happiness is temporary at best. All other happiness will fade with time, but not that love of the Lord. So if you're struggling with something today, Nancy's back in the prayer corner, and she would love to pray with you about anything during our, our last song. So in response to the question, does God want us to be happy? I'd like to share with you something that we got off of the internet, which really does sum it up very nicely, and it's all scripture. God does want us to be happy, and he's provided all we need for life and godliness through Christ Jesus, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. He has designed the human heart to experience its greatest, greatest ecstasy in worship, its deepest satisfaction in serving, and its greatest love through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we are living in fellowship with him, we can expect to be happy regardless of our temporary circumstances. Mm -hmm. Philippians 4, verses 1 through 13. Our goal is the prize awaiting us in eternity so we can endure earthly difficulties while remaining full of hope. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. When our joy and hope are based on what, on that which cannot be taken away, we have found true happiness, and God is pleased. Amen. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of the word of God. Let's believe it, and let's live it. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your word. It is so hard sometimes to deny ourselves. We think we deserve this or that, and I don't know, maybe we do, but if it brings us harm, it's just not good. Or if it harms other people, it's not from you. Help us, Lord, when we experience temptation to put our feet firmly on your foundation and be able to deny ourselves because that temporary 
pleasure actually just ends up with angst in the long run. Lord, help us wait on you. Help us help us depend on you and pray to you for next steps. Order our steps, Lord. Help us live it out and walk it out holy. And in that holiness, there is such happiness and such joy. <coughs> Lord, it's all about your goodness, which brings us joy. You are so good. Help us lean in and trust. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. All God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.